from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. There is an open seat on the U.S. Supreme Court and the confirmation battle for President Trump's nominee, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, is fierce. This nomination is perhaps the greatest chance to rein in the court and restore it to its proper constitutional role in a generation. I want to ask you to join us in calling upon the Senate to promptly confirm Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. We have put together an urgent petition to your two senators that we want you to sign. Simply call us toll-free at 888-332-332. 3069, or go online to djkm.org forward slash SCOTUS. That's S-C-O-T-U-S. We will share that information again later in the program. And friends, this is so important that if you call in and get a busy signal, I want to ask you to please try again. The Senate must hear from us on this transformational nomination. Simply call us toll-free at 888-332-3069 or go online to djkm.org forward slash SCOTUS. The Supreme Court has, in recent decades, been one of the prime movers in the secularizing of America. Their often twisted interpretation of the First Amendment led to prayers being removed from schools and Christian students being barred from mentioning Jesus Christ in public school settings. It has refused to overrule lower courts that allowed schools to censor Jesus from the graduation speeches of students. Much of this dates back to the 1947 case of Everson versus Board of Education. In that ruling, in order to get the desired result, the court dug a phrase out of an obscure letter from Thomas Jefferson in which he mentioned a so-called wall of separation between church and state. The slide has been precipitously downhill ever since. One of the enabling factors for this secularization has been the ignorance of the American people about their own true history. Many are attempting to obscure that history today and with it remove our liberty. The fact is that America was settled and founded by Christians who believed in freedom from government interference and who established this country on Christian foundations. You may even be surprised to discover the extent to which that was true. Here now is Dr. D. James Kennedy with much more in his message, America, a Christian Nation. Now may we hear the word of God as it's found in the 33rd Psalm, verse 1. 
Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And may God bless to us this day this his holy word. Amen. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln said at Gettysburg that this was a nation which was conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men were created equal. He went on to say that they were engaged in a great civil war testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated could long endure. Today, my friends, we're engaged in another war, another struggle, even more fundamental in its character than that. The question before our nation today is not whether men are created equal. It is whether they are created at all. Whether they are creatures made by God who have certain inalienable rights, or whether they are merely an accident of time and matter. Whether indeed this is a nation under God which can have a new birth of freedom. Our scripture text today said, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the Bible asks, If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? There is no doubt that this is indeed a nation which was built upon the foundation of God, that the Lord indeed was the God of this nation, that it was founded upon the principles of God's Word, upon the teachings of Christianity, and for the advancement of the kingdom of Christ. All of that is under enormous attack and has been for the last few decades. You and I were born in a Christian nation. That may not be said 
for your children or grandchildren, unless we who have received this marvelous patrimony do something other than let it sift through our fingers like sand because we are engaged simply in personal peace and prosperity, as Dr. Francis Schaeffer used to say. My subject is America, a Christian nation. That is a concept which has been so systematically blotted from the collective memory of this country as to sound in the ears of most people in America to be an alien philosophy, an intrusion of religion into the tranquility of a secular country. I would like to simply review with you, first of all today, some of the evidence to the fact that this is a Christian nation, was founded as such, and what we ought to do to maintain it and pass it on as such. All nations that have ever existed have been founded upon some theistic principle, either some theistic or anti-theistic principle, whether we think of the Hinduism of India, the Confucianism of China, the Mohammedanism of Saudi Arabia, or the atheism of Albania, Soviet Union. We think of America, if we know our history, we know that this was a nation founded upon Christ and his word. Those foundations indeed are crumbling in our time. There are those in our country today who are busily tearing apart that foundation who would gnash their teeth at the idea that this is a Christian nation and will not be satisfied until they have removed every vestige of our Christian heritage from not only the mines but the monuments of this country. But let's go back to the beginning, to those intrepid pilgrims that set sail from Holland to come to this country after fleeing their native England 12 years before. Their governor for 30 more or more years was, of course, William Bradford, who gives us the only history of that period. And before they set sail from Holland, he described their motives in coming. He said they had, quote, a great hope and inward zeal of laying some good foundation or at least to make some way thereunto for the propagating and advancing of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in those remote parts of the world. Yea, though they should be but even a stepping stone unto others for the performing of so great a work. That is why they came, said their governor. They came for the propagating and advancing of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ. And after a fearful journey of 66 days without ever being allowed up onto the deck of the Mayflower, 
because of the great gales and storms, they at last sighted the inhospitable shores of a winter New England coast. They harbored there in the bay, and before going ashore, they met in the captain's cabin and wrote the first contract of government, or as they would call a covenant, the first constitution of America. Its birth certificate, as it is called, we call it the Mayflower Compact. It begins with these words, in the name of God, amen. That's where America began. And it goes on to say, quote, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. And so, they themselves here officially declare and sign that which their governor had said about them before they left Holland, that they came for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That's how America began. Ah, but there are those who don't like to hear that. And surely that must have ended with those first pilgrims. But my friends, it did not. When finally the New England settlements at last got together and they formed their first bond in what is known as the New England Confederation, they said in that that we all came to these parts of America for one and the same end and aim to advance the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. One and all they came for that end, they declared in the New England Confederation. The documentary evidence is voluminous. It would take hours even to quote it. It was thoroughly studied by the Supreme Court of the United States in 1892. And they gave us what is known then as the Trinity decision. And in that, the Supreme Court of the United States declared, quote, these references add a volume of unofficial declarations to the mass of organic utterances that this is a religious people, this is a Christian nation. That is where this nation began. That is the place from which we came. John Quincy Adams, President of the United States, said that the highest glory of the American Revolution was what? It secured our independence from England. It got rid of the stamp tax, tea tax. What was the highest glory of the American Revolution? It dissolved our bonds with Parliament and the King? No. Listen well, said President John Quincy Adams. The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indissoluble bond 
the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. One indissoluble bond, government and Christianity. Well, they have come with their solvents of unbelief, skepticism, atheism, Marxism, humanism, secularism, and they are doing everything in their power to totally dissolve that indissoluble bond. And we need to give ourselves to that task that that bond not be dissolved or else the principles of Christianity will be replaced by the secular principles of humanism and atheism and life will lose its significance and its meaning. Life will become cheap as it certainly presently is in this country as humanistic principles are prevailing in more and more spheres of our nation. Joseph Story, who was the great commentator on the Constitution, who lived through the formation of this government, and as a justice on the Supreme Court, wrote his great work on the commentary on the Constitution in 1828, and he said that an attempt to level all religions, Christianity and other religions, all to one level and make it a matter of state policy to hold all in utter indifference would have created universal disapprobation, if not universal indignation. You see, my friends, most people don't realize what this nation was like in the beginning, even as late as 1776. 150 years after the pilgrims landed, this was the makeup of America. 98%, 98% Protestant Christians, 1.8% Catholic Christians, 0. 0.2 tenths of 1% Jews. That was the makeup of this country as late as 1776. That's why Charles Hodge, who was the greatest theologian America ever produced, who was the glory and jewel and crown of Princeton, said, quote, the proposition that the United States of America is a Christian and Protestant nation is not so much the assertion of a principle as the statement of a fact. In fact, Washington said that without God and the Bible, it would be impossible to govern. George Washington, our wise father, the father of America, said that without God and the Bible, it would be impossible to govern. And perhaps that is why, having banished the Bible, and having attempted to banish God from all spheres of public life, we have found that our Congress cannot even make a budget. That it is becoming increasingly impossible to govern this nation. I pray that God may grant that we 
may have the courage and the conviction, the strength of character, the boldness to be able and be willing to stand up for Christ. There were in the beginning and there are today those who believe that this which we have received as our patrimony, a nation of freedom and liberty, and only where the Spirit of God is, is their liberty. Those that have been willing to fight and to die for such a country. And if a nation is built on such exalted principles as these, if it was created for such noble purposes as the advancement for the kingdom of the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the glory of God, then indeed such, such a nation deserves our sacrifice and our support. If a nation is based upon God, if a nation is built upon an eternal foundation, then it is worth those sacrifices. May we pray. God forbid that we who were born into the blessings of a Christian America should let that patrimony sift through our fingers as sand and leave to our children the bleached bones of a secularist and godless society. O oh God, grant us strength by thy Spirit that we may do all in our power in our time that the kingdom of Jesus Christ might be advanced here among the greater number of pagans and heathen that now infest this land, and that God may be glorified, and once more it may become a city set upon a hill. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. True liberty is found in Jesus Christ alone. Are you trusting in Christ for your salvation? Or are you looking to the world, hoping to find satisfaction there? If you want life to the full now, and the assurance that you will be with God in heaven someday, you need only to look to Jesus Christ, who willingly died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. He alone rose from the dead and now offers us the gift of eternal life. We can't earn it, and we don't deserve it because of our sin, which separates us from an all-holy God. But today, if you are ready to place your trust in Christ, then would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus Christ, I know that I have sinned in my thoughts and actions. Please forgive me. I place my trust in you, and I want to know the freedom that only you can give. Thank you for the free gift of eternal life. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, let me be the first to welcome you to the family of God. You're in for a great adventure as you grow in your relationship with the living God. To help you do that, we'd like to send you Beginning Again. Dr. Kennedy wrote this book to help new believers, just like you, to grow in their faith. You'll learn how to read and study the Bible, how to pray, and even find some answers to some of the questions you might have. 
To receive your copy of Beginning Again, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. And would God richly bless you as you do. America's Christian heritage is a wonderful inheritance, but it's one that has been largely lost through historical ignorance and through a pervasive secularism at all levels. Much of this began with an activist Supreme Court in 1947, and the High Court today continues to render decisions that upend our history and foundations, substituting the opinions of liberal justices for the legislative decisions of the people. It was not supposed to be this way. Our constitutional system was not designed so that we could be ruled by a five-vote majority on the unelected Supreme Court. Today, we have a chance to change that and to return the court to its proper role. Justice Anthony Kennedy, who declared by fiat from the bench that sodomy and same-sex marriage are so-called constitutional rights, has now retired. President Trump has nominated Judge Brett Kavanaugh to be his successor. Judge Kavanaugh is an extraordinarily well-qualified judge who interprets and applies the Constitution as written and not according to his own preferences and whims. This nomination is the best opportunity in decades to rein in the Supreme Court and return it to its proper role. But this nomination is being attacked relentlessly by the left, who see the Supreme Court as their birthright and who use it to implement their most cherished policy goals. The Senate needs to hear from you and me immediately to hear in no uncertain terms that we want them to promptly confirm Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. We have put together a petition telling them just that, and I want you to contact us immediately to sign your own name to that petition to your senators. Simply call us toll-free at 888-332-3069 or go online to djkm.org forward slash SCOTUS. Since the nomination of Robert Bork in 1987, the left has fought for the Supreme Court with everything they have, attacking and smearing conservative nominees. They defeated Judge Bork, which ended up leaving us with over 30 disastrous years of Justice Kennedy. They viciously attacked Clarence Thomas, and they're attempting to do the same with Judge Kavanaugh today. We must not let them get away with it. This nomination is the single best opportunity to stop the runaway court and return it to its proper role in a generation. And if we lose this opportunity, another one may never come along again. So stand with us and make your voice heard to your two senators. Contact us immediately to sign the petition calling upon them to promptly confirm Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Friends, this is so important that if you happen to get a busy signal when you call, I ask you to please keep trying. The future of our nation for your children and grandchildren could very well be on the line. Again, to sign the petition to your senators, simply call us toll-free at 
888-332-3069 or go online to djkm.org forward slash SCOTUS. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.